everybody, and welcome to the Polarized Podcast. We have a very special episode today. First of all, my name is James. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Come on in. The water is fine. And we are talking about a very special movie with some very special people today, I must say. And let me first start with one person in particular. He goes by the name of the great Brandini. Hello, Brandini. How are you this fine evening? Hello there. Hey, it is a fine evening. Fucking pumped, dude. I'm so excited to talk about this movie. Yeah, me too. It's got me in a good mood. This is, uh, yeah, this is kind of an important movie, I think, for all of us to a degree. Um, Yeah, man. And I'm, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited we're doing this. This is great. Yeah, this is this is when I'm going to say, like, right off the bat that it is very close to home. It's hard to Mm. almost like look at it as just a movie because it is almost like a part of me. Uh, Mm. And I just have to have that disclaimer, like right off the bat, because I've totally I've seen it, seen it so many times. It just it just flows. I like know the next thing that's going to happen when I'm watching it. Um, but revisiting it in this context, it's, it's uh, been a little while and I'm happy to yeah. be back. And I don't know if we've ever watched it together. I'm not sure if we've like talked about it, but I know that we've at least quoted it in each other's presence, at least, oh, at yeah. least before and and just in not even thinking about it. Cause it's just one of those things. Um, mm-hmm. the movie we're talking about today is night at the Roxbury. Um, if we haven't even said the title of the movie yet on this polarized podcast of ours, you are in the polo zone. You are about to get polarized. Get ready. Um, it has, it is very polarizing. It is a very polarizing yeah. movie. It has a 9% critics rating, no. uh, a 9% critics rating. And you ready for this? A 69% yeah. audience rating, if you know what I mean. <laughs> um, speaking of 69%, let me introduce our guest. <laughs> Big fan. <laughs> uh, we, we have him straight from San Diego mm-hmm. area. Mr. Nick Schulte, how are you? How are you Thank today? You. Welcome to the I'm podcast. Having a, I'm having a great day. Thank you, gentlemen, so much for that introduction. From downtown. 69% sounds exactly where I'm at. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. That sounds like a nice temperate sort of, yeah, not too hot, not too cold. Yeah, yeah not great, not awful. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the audience was kind of above lukewarm on, on this movie. The critics fucking hated it. Do were you guys aware of this, this 9% on this movie? Because before I even like, uh, I don't know. I just, I like, I didn't know about the ratings of some other movies that I was so familiar with and putting together the list for this podcast. It was, yeah, it's kind of, kind of striking, but the rating system kind of gets kind of finicky and weird when you dredge up old reviews to like support, uh, like, yeah, this binary Rotten Tomato system. (laughs) And then you pull out these old reviews and then you're like, oh, this is less than a uh, two and a half out of five. So it's bad or less than a three sometimes. And it's bad. And out of the 54 reviews that were uh, given by the critics, most of them were on the naughty list. <laughs> tisk tisk. Yeah. Says the critics. Which is. Bad movie. Yeah. 
Yeah, which makes total sense. And of course they're going to say it was bad. Yeah, of course, because mm. this movie is really stupid. And yeah. this movie has very little to say, but it just blows me away at times where you just can't understand. Yeah, it's just the comedy of it. Like you're not getting the comedy of it. And then you're critiquing it in a way where mm. I feel like it's just more of a statement of, yeah, being really negative towards it because it's. Yeah, it it doesn't. Yeah, you can make the argument that it doesn't add anything, but comedy movies, as long as they're making people laugh, is a real great addition to somebody's life and an evening or whatever watching it. And yeah, I just it's not surprising, but shame well, on them. And you and you take <laughs> on you take on top of that that it's basically just an extended an extended film of what SNL characters mm-hmm. that yeah like. Molly Shannon turns into Superstar, but Superstar got great. Well, maybe Superstar had good reviews, but Superstar was a character from SNL that turned into a feature film that maybe didn't have, maybe had better reviews because it was shot a little later, but. Yeah, there's also a lot more plotting in Superstar, and I, I think there is maybe a little bit more. No, there for sure is more depth in Superstar. But yeah, I mean, this is an SNL movie. It's great that you brought that up because this, yeah, I mean, that's the MO of an SNL movie. It starts off as a skit and then they flesh it out into a uh, full length feature. And sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. It's all, I'm sure every single time, though, I, I, you know, I was young when this was coming out and even younger uh, was I for like Wayne's World or um, Happy Gilmore, you know, that kind of stuff. And yeah, I just I'm so curious if. A majority of the time people went into it with a little bit of like, I can't believe they turned a, you know, three minute skit into a 90 minute movie. That's what I'm thinking, because, I mean, it's it's still happening today for for better or worse when whether mm -hmm. it's a good or bad turnout, because something that I might have had the same reaction to of like they're doing a MacGruber movie. Like, how are how are you going to make a whole movie about MacGruber was honestly my reaction and I kind of put off seeing it. And then I saw it like more recently in my life and it's fucking hilarious. Like that movie is so, is so is it? good. It's a blast. I had so much fun watching it. I'd highly recommend it. And, uh, I was totally thinking of thinking of Wayne's world two as Wayne's world one and two as well. And, mm-hmm. uh, turn, I was taking a look at superstar came out one year later, 1999 and was an hour and 22 minutes as well. And has Molly Shannon and Will Ferrell. And is uh, also polarizing. 32% critics, 60% audience. So it applies mm. for the means for this this podcast as well. So it, like it it fits that fits that bill of like I I definitely f- feel like critics have their feelings already going into the movie. They already know the some of the characters. They know the people that are playing them. They've seen it done before, and so they have preconceived notions about how they're kind of going to kind of feel about it i i think Um, oh yeah for sure yeah and how are you going to construct a whole story about about these characters and most of the time it is pretty dumb and this is like a pretty dumb movie and like how they construct and like fill out what like their whole arc is as people and everything is like is is so small-minded because they're small-minded people um and like superstar has some really ridiculous stuff too. I don't know. Her parents die in like a, 
It's like Irish oh, dancing competition. Mm-hmm. They get like stomped to death. And there's just some river dancing was really huge. River dancing, during, yeah. Yeah. There's just there's yeah, some forgot about river dance. Yeah, there's some there's some silly stuff. And uh this one this one is is full of it and it can kind of sum up to almost like skit by skit uh kind of movie where it's just kind of going like, oh, this is a funny, this is a funny part, and this is a funny part. And then we can put them together and kind of make a, a movie and try to uh, thread a story to get together out of it as well. Um, sure. But I mean, I'm, we're all, this is like, okay, so this is, we're growing up as young boys. I, I feel like at this time, you mentioned happy Gilmore and stuff. A lot of that strikes a lot of notes for me. I don't know. This is where like my, yeah, humor, for our, sure. Mine. I don't know. I feel like you guys, you guys can relate. Our humor kind of comes from, we already talked about Eastern Ventura too, and our mm-hmm. love for that. And uh, I said at the beginning of this, it's hard to like separate this movie from my uh, my feelings and and watching it so many times. Um, sure. But yeah, do you have you have a history with this movie, Nick, at all? Uh, I'm trying to remember the first time I watched it. I feel like I watched it probably the first time, like maybe maybe like eighth grade, freshman year of high school. So that would be like. I don't know. That would be like four or five years after it came out, six, seven years after it came out. I don't remember how long uh, anymore. But uh, yeah, I definitely didn't see it when it came out. Because when it came out in 98, I think I was like nine. So mm-hmm. I probably didn't see it until eighth grade. It's 2004. So like five years later. Mm-hmm. And then in high school and college, you in high school in the first couple of years of college, I definitely remember watching it a lot because the kind of it kind of matches that kind of the kind of humor you had at that point in time like it's totally yeah yeah and like definitely quote it all the time yeah there's always quotable lines from it uh the the dance move is 100 percent the head bob is definitely one of the most used dance moves ever like anytime (laughs) you go anytime we walk into a club for the first time or like go dancing somewhere that's you hear a song. That's the first thing I do. Like, oh, all right, let's get out there. <laughs> like, so like, yeah, I definitely, like, I've definitely always loved this movie. I never realized that there was critics that hated it that much, yeah, but like critics, sure. critics hate movies that turn out to be um, like major hits all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, sure. or maybe not made, maybe not even major hits, just cult classics. Like look at Napoleon dynamite. Like, I thought mm-hmm. it was a, I thought the trailer that I watched for that the first time was a joke. Uh, and then I totally. like saw it in a movie theater and it became Napoleon Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Also something you right. quote, do stuff, would do stuff with all the time. Like, so critics don't always get it right. Or at least they're looking at the wrong, they're looking at the wrong things. They're looking at like professional aspects of it. And like mm-hmm. this movie was made as a, right. as, as a comedy. It's, it's a joke the whole time. It's a joke. Mm-hmm. And so they, and they try to take it seriously and that's where they get, that's where they get it wrong. They're looking yeah, for more, more meaning where it doesn't, it's not necessary. Some sometimes, you know, for, for them, there is no meaning. Yeah, there is no meaning. The meaning was to go and enjoy yourself for 81 minutes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, unless the critic is a teenage boy, like if you're coming at it, you know, as an adult, yeah, you would just go, wow, what a f- stupid movie that was. And not, and just start to kind of form your opinion like starting from there but yeah it it is so quotable and stupid stuff resonates so much with 
younger boys or kids in general like mm-hmm. and yeah uh talking about that critically is tough and to also know if that really is something that's going to stick around like if it is going to be quotable because i'm sure a lot of the critics watching it were like i don't no one's going to remember this this is going to be such a forgettable experience but then also too you just had will ferrell really you know just becoming bigger and bigger and bigger and i think that's how i got into it is just the will ferrell of it all and then like maybe after anchorman possibly I, I feel like i almost saw it like mm-hmm. after anchorman and been like oh i need to watch like the re- more oh, of man. his movies because he's so funny <laughs> and I, right. I, I i remember seeing strangely enough superstar as a nine-year-old in theaters I, my dad took me out to that one and i remember this in the theaters like wow i'm seeing this movie this is cool i don't know i didn't understand <laughs> some of the references going on i'm sure but sure. Uh, somehow i was able to go because it's like oh, i was a comedy whatever it's it's supposed to be funny um yeah but it's PG yeah, thirteen, which is really crazy to me. This movie, and I think a lot of the other I movies. I mean, the Roxbury well, was it was PG thirteen. It was PG thirteen. Yeah. Isn't that insane? It has tits in it, and they say fuck. Uh, <laughs> you can wow. you can slide right. a, you can slide one fuck in there. In, uh, sure. PG, and, and, he is hey, I mean, around uh, Titanic times, I don't know. Maybe you could you could have uh, have right. some, have someone with their top off as well. That was more maybe more artfully done and arguably than titanic <laughs> yeah, absolutely I mean, 100% more artfully done it was it, it was done just, yeah. it was done while he was doing art that makes it even more artful literally yeah was, yeah 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 <laughs> so classy oh my god which i also this saw movie in is not classy. that was did you guys That's see titanic in, in theaters no i saw it on two vhs cassettes yeah, i was gonna say yeah, I remember the two VHSs. It came in the came, double package. The double package. Oh my god! They should have an yeah. in, intermission in in the movie. I, this is something I feel like I I want to have more of is is intermissions in long movies. It's I I experienced it once in uh, Hateful Eight when I went and saw that movie. Yep. They did like the the road yeah. show or whatever, like with the playbill and everything, and there was an overture at the beginning and then an intermission halfway through and then you could go to use the use the bathroom you could get us get some snacks and then come back it was the best right. we need more of that right. and like whatever right. avengers 17 uh and yeah. game revisited uh go fuck yourself um <laughs> go fuck right yourself. and it's like five hours and yeah i don't know um uh, yeah well, i like, like i like those breaks anyways <laughs> <laughs> But give the, me but, more bathroom breaks <laughs> but the only give way you can do that is if you break up the movies the way that he did his movies because like you know how tarantino does it in chapters right so you can so take clearly, a break yeah. you can take a break in those because it's not necessarily a streaming film all the way through whereas like if you go mm-hmm. yeah you'd have to how you yeah. it yeah, that's true. It must be frustrating, like yeah, the new Dune movie or something, and he's not down for the intermission. It's like, no, it's a new thing. Movie, we got to do intermissions. He's like, oh shit. Mm. Well, on the bright side, he kind of gave you an intermission. All you had to do is watch the first half before right. you get to the second oh, half. That's true. It's yeah, it's just a yeah, very long. It's a very long intermission. <laughs> you have, he gave you as many bathroom breaks as he wanted. <laughs> <laughs> so you better, oh, you better be fucking ready. I'm saving. Oh god, I'm so ready. I'm so ready, but I'm oh, still gonna have too. to take one more break in the middle of it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm still gonna have to do it. Um, yeah, so this I think we all have like a history. I think quotable lines was such a thing. Again, like Anchorman was a big deal and seeing that and it was like 
everyone was just walking. You brought around, brought up uh, Napoleon Dynamite. People just like quoting things to each other, and and comedies were almost engineered that way. Uh, sometimes where you watch a movie now, and it's almost engineered to have a funny GIF installed into the the trailer or something like that. Like they know what the audiences and the people people watching it. And I, I yeah, there's something about those very influenced by the sketch comedy and SNL and, and things like that, but it's staying power. And the reason that it became like a cult classic too, I think was because of those, you know, I'm kind of a big deal. Like, you know, my, and whatever Baxter, you ate the whole wheel of cheese. Hey, what, hey, what, it's, there's, there's so many in anchor. I could, that, that whole movie was just in like Zoolander too. There was just so many, so many oh things, my God. things within, yeah. within a lot of I those movies Zoolander. that, uh, you just, you just quote like, with the same way, like TikTok or something, I guess you're quoting like tick, tick, TikToks and things that are funny, totally. funny on there. Yeah. Cause I mean, you're stuck in classes that for the most part, you don't give a shit about. And what you're trying to do is make your friends laugh. And in order to do that is by saying funny shit and you learn funny shit from these types of movies. And then, right. you know, and, and it's so simple and yeah, just connects so well with the, yeah, it's just such a teenage brain, you know, young person brain of it all to just be silly and stupid. And also like it's adults acting like children too, which is always like at a very like simple level is such a funny thing as a kid to see because you're going through so much of like, you know, you haven't gone through the transition yet of my parents are just people. They're still your parents. And so you just have that mental, uh, yeah. Like you you have that perspective where adults are supposed to act like this. And when you just see them acting like complete morons, that in itself is so fucking funny. Especially when they're big and tall, like Jim Carrey or Will Ferrell. And Mm -hmm. Jim Carrey also appeared in one of the sketches for night at the Roxbury. It's, and it's, that's a very, I, funny moment, I think that was but, the one yeah. he I think he hosted that episode actually yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah but the yeah. other thing yeah. about seeing adults like that right the other thing that's like good to see people like that uh acting is when you see it in real life as opposed to them being a cartoon character who's being voiced by those people it helps mm-hmm. you to see them as people people that are adults instead of them being like a child cartoon character For like sure. Robert Williams Williams as genie. Imagine if you had seen Robin Williams as genie the way you saw Will Smith as genie. Like that, <laughs> yeah, right? Would yeah. have been cool. That would have been way more interesting because Robin Williams is an animal on stage. So seeing him act as like a real life genie as opposed to a cartoon genie would probably have left a bigger impact on like what he says and what he does and stuff. Sure. They definitely would have tried to do something like that had they had the technology because I know oh, they, for sure. they just had him record for Genie and honestly he was just doing stand up in the sound booth and they got so much material and bits that they animated to him and <laughs> I they think they they try to at least incorporate his manner, mannerisms and how he whoever he was imitating of course their mannerisms too but um for sure they would have because they did eventually <laughs> with Will Smith. Yeah, the Will Smith version. Super good. I never saw I never saw that one that is uh, on our list. You can come back and join us for that one if you like you like that uh that new Aladdin? It, it was interesting. <laughs> I I won't say I didn't like it. It was definitely interesting. It's much more, I don't know. It was it's a very interesting one. We'll save that one for the next one. Great. I'm yeah. down because I had to I was trying I was kind of like 
softly defending the remade Lion King on our very first episode, our inaugural mm-hmm. episode was the Lion King remake. And I kind of liked it. <laughs> I was like, I still haven't seen that one. So yeah, yeah I kind of liked it. Brandon did not. <laughs> <laughs> I did not get for it at, at all. Uh, it's, the same, it's the same <laughs> critique uh, that I would have about Aladdin is it's just not that funny. And it, or fun maybe it does have jokes in it so it's funny but it's not it's not fun and it, more it, serious yeah it, yeah it's more serious it focuses on you know and it's not saying it out loud it's kind of weird where you're like oh they focus more on the characters but <laughs> they, well also like- there's a way to do that and for it to be an enjoyable ride and then there's a way to do it where you're like focusing too much on the technology and the realism and then other factors and you're not necessarily focusing yeah on well like that's the other thing like the the climate that movies are made in is like cultural climate is yeah massively just shifting whatever like night at the roxbury was made in 98 when Mm -hmm. apparently everybody was happy go lucky well yeah and do you do you think they would make a movie like this now and if they did would it follow a lot of the same notes that chris Kattan would chris 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 would love to do another movie well i was saying more (laughs) like the sensibilities of what happens within the movie to have yeah sure two dudes that oh. are that are like happy-go-lucky idiots that are just sexually harassing like everybody they can see in sight mm-hmm. and for them not to have some sort of comeuppance in a bigger sort of way and for them to like face their problems sure and, you know which again this is a comedy and like whatever what do you whatever you feel about those things and for this reason just to just to say it's like i enjoy how they handle it because they are handling these two these two characters are have the mind of like a child mm-hmm. and they they're they're constantly making advances and being shut down and 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 put down but they just think it's some stupid game and ah oh man it's it's hard because i don't want, i don't want to make it sound like i'm defending anything they're doing but the way that the movie handles it is more like no, we know like they're idiots and we're making fun of these types mm. of people that do this. And a lot of people out there, like, you know, at a cl- or if you've been to a club or if you've been to a bar or any sort of type of place, whatever like this, you've seen mm-hmm. this type of person in some way, shape or form. And you've seen them like yeah. sitting at the bar, just kind of like waiting, like kind of trying to, you know, trying to make something happen. Like I fucking watched jersey shore or something it's like the situation in jersey shore like in the in the heydays of fucking jersey shore he's like you want to come home you want to come home he's just shit faced and he's just like asking anyone he sees to, and it's 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 that kind of shit and it's like really unsettling when you see it in the real world i'm sure sometimes but especially especially and i, I i'm a person that wouldn't know firsthand as much what that's like but to see these idiots trying all these things and just being like shut down in funny ways and to be like handled is like very funny and it is and and it's and i like how they handled the humor of it and how they're also able to have these characters that are so fucking stupid that they don't even understand like the implications of what they're doing and totally i say all this because i just don't i think they would have way more of a comeuppance now in a movie that would come out there would be much more of like we need to let everyone know learned. that the movie thinks that we're not okay with this when mm-hmm. it's like, no, we know we're not okay with this, but it's just, can we just watch these, uh, these guys just kind of like fuck up and be idiots about it. And 
you know, but then the ending, the ending is just kind of like, fuck, I, like it's an hour, 20 minutes, like get, get out and, and go have yeah. a good time and everything. Uh, but oh, look, I don't they know. met what, the two what, girls they were yeah. talking to. What's that? Uh, like? Well, it's like, it's like at the end of the very end of the movie, it's like, oh, look, hey, the two girls that they really wanted to talk to, they get to meet and it works out good for them. Yeah. And they, and mean, they get to win. Like, I don't know if they would get to win in a movie that, that comes out. Today. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I mean, they definitely, they definitely, uh, portrayed the two of them to a point of such ridiculousness that people probably were like, yeah, this doesn't really happen. Even if, even if, though it probably was really happening and that you are right. There is a lot of over-sexualization of everything and sexual harassment in that whole movie. It's actually like the first thing I thought of, like the, the very first scene when they were like, uh, very first scene when they get into the bar and they the girl gets in between them and they fucking like mm-hmm. bounce right. back and forth back and forth. I was like, oh man, this would not find out. No, and like, no, no. And that was like, a classic thing from the sketch too. They did that every time, like almost yeah, every time every, in, in the sketch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's like working, working in a bar. Uh, there, the that people are people that get shut down in funny ways. Don't take the hint ever. Like right. for the most part, to the point where it's like, right. all right, you got to go. And that's not kind of what happens in the movie. So, that's no, what, like, it do- well, it does. Like they get, they do get down thrown like, out. Yeah, I would just say that I a part of their character is like James. You brought it up. Excellent point of like, and we realize later when they finally have sex is like they don't even really know what they're doing. What they're doing, they're, yeah, they're just doing doing it just because that's what they think is cool. And it's but they're losers, and they're. Constantly reminded to be losers, so I think, yeah, James, excellent point. Because like, you're not, you're not worried about if they're really going to sexually assault anybody because they just they don't know how to deal with the situation, and they're also not mean spirited at all. It isn't really so much about like, you know, obviously they want to have sex, but it isn't like, uh, like an incel or simp way of like, I'm so frustrated. I'm not having sex and I'm kind of lashing out or being overly aggressive to get it. It's just that this is, you know, this is what they think is okay. And they love the club life. Like I think that, I think that (laughs) follow through of their characters, I think was a a smart move of like, if they are going to win, it's going to be because they are so familiar with clubs and, and how they're run and they've been, they, they go to them every night. And so like almost by like osmosis without them, even maybe even intentionally, they've become like really knowledgeable about how a club runs and what's necessary mm-hmm. to make one and what good ideas are and I, and how they feed off of each other. Like they each have like their weird specialties of sometimes Will Ferrell is smart, but most of the time he's kind of just, like intuitive and then Chris Kattan is like the kind of smarter one, I guess you could say and more excitable, but um, that's, I thought that was like, if they are going to win, that was the funniest way to do it. Like they get their club and you know, that you can walk out on that, um, which yeah. And outside's inside, inside, outside. And the guy (laughs) gave them a, he gave them a cut, even though he didn't have to, because it was their idea, uh, which I thought was, very different for the time and age that we're in now. Like, there's no copyright. I can take all your money. But oh, you're so yeah. nice. Dude, you, gave us, such, you gave us a club. That was such a wrap it up thing of like, there was no conversation leading up to it. Like, no, they had the fallout with Mr. Sadir, but there was no reconciliation before the club. It was just reconciliation and club and everything's fine. 
and you get the ladies get out of the theater. Everything's all good. Have, oh, have, yeah. have a great time. Go get your Taco Bell. Right. Mm-hmm. Just Ta- get, Taco Bell Cantina. <laughs> Why not? Uh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. See? Great. There's Who problems. just touched my ass? <laughs> <laughs> see, see, we can do that. We can do that this whole time and just like start quoting the movie and have, have, oh my have God, a great, yeah. great time doing it. Like, yeah, I, I think my favorite one from this most recent viewing that like resonated with me and I'll, I'll probably butcher it is that like they're in the elevator going up to Mr. Zadir's office. Just, yeah, to talk about my favorite most recent part of this mm-hmm. viewing. They do the little night at the rocks or uh, what is love music. They're like, if you notice the song playing is a, uh, what is love it's elevator music for a version of what is love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're, and they're, but they, and then a woman comes onto the elevator. They give a nod. They don't say anything. They walk. And then she walks out, they walk out and they're like, Oh, did you notice that we didn't say what's up to her? And then, uh, Chris Kattan is like, well, we're in a very serious relationship with these women that just, they just had one night stands with last night and lost their virginity to, uh you know they we our ladies wouldn't want us hitting on other women why go for burgers when you got steaks at home is what chris Catan says and will ferrell says you're right we should get, go get food later we should get lunch later yeah we should totally have lunch after this <laughs> and but like and then he has that like dumb so like good. his 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 accent's so funny to me it's like that dumb yeah like, it's just very yeah, like, it's like a, it's i don't know it's dumb Californian kind California. of like valet yeah. boy, yeah. like like almost like a valet. It's girl almost like boy. every surfer dude you've ever ever heard on it. It's like Spicoli, almost kind of yeah. Right. Oh, um, totally. Like almost uh, Bill just and Stoner or stupid. Yeah, it's so funny that they're Dead on. Like, uh, yeah, they're so different in that way because they're brothers and they do everything together. That they just would have such like yeah different ways of talking and just ways of like reacting to stuff and whatnot. But yeah, that there was so much I got to on this uh, most recent viewing. And I'll, I was telling Nick about, it and I'll say here is that uh, like I'll, I had the subtitles on and I don't know what the technical term is, but it's like they're uh, the main characters are talking to somebody else and the camera's not focusing on them. It's like going into them or like coming away from them and they're still talking about something. And there was just the silliest shit. They just slid in there. That was almost more funnier than the things that were like up in the forefront. Like I made a note of uh, one of them there. They are at Zadir's place. They're by the pool. And before the topless woman comes up and they, you know, their brains uh, break down. (laughs) Will Ferrell's like, Oh, this Italian food's really good. It's like Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> and then Nick, you brought up, uh, <laughs> you brought up uh, Robin Williams. There was this throwaway, this throwaway line where I want to say that they were like in the, um, in the limo or the car, or whatever. And it's like the camera's outside and it's like coming into the limo and Will Ferrell during that time that it's like coming in, it's like, yeah, so Robin William played Moore, who was an uh, alien. <laughs> like, what conversation are they having in there? And I just, uh, I love that so much. It's just uh, a bunch of little stuff where they would just be talking, going into the scene, and it would just be the silliest shit. <laughs> they're just, and they're just consummate professional and like improvisers and everything too. And and even like some of the random people you bring in um mm. from like even like the the guy he was on snl as well 
who plays the priest who marries them. He just he does a lot of like funny throw throwaway stuff that's just so great. Like when the the guy who steps in, the trainer who steps in to Rick. marry her instead is like, Rick. I have like less than two percent body fat. And he's like, Good. Wow. Good. Impressive. <laughs> no, like even the even at the very beginning of the wedding when they're when they're coming in and he's on the cell phone before they're like walking down the aisle and he's just like He's like, listen, nobody gets confirmed for less than 150 in the city. And if you want any help, you got to call me. You got to, oh, I got to go. Just leave me a message. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I like just, he's, he's like, up a he's cell like, phone while he's on the. Yeah. He's, like, he's literally pimping he's out his up. priestly duties of confirmation, <laughs> which was hilarious. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, and then. Even uh, the bridesmaid, um, who's the, the, the Eva Mendes, was in there. Like, what? When did I miss? I hundred uh, percent forgot she was in that movie, or would never have known that she was in that movie if I hadn't rewatched it just now. But like, I can't believe that she's been in movies that long. I think it might have been her first starring role. It uh, is, yeah. Well, not starring, but yeah, first, first film role, appearance. First film appearance. I mean, yeah, it was Chris Kattan's mm. first movie. I mean, he was on SNL and everything too, and. Uh, he didn't do. I guess he did Corky Romano. Uh, I love that movie. It's been a long time since I've seen that one. Uh, but yeah, he's. I don't know. He's had a. He's had a sad past. I was learning a, a bit more about him today. Uh, he he did this sketch. I believe it was for SNL, where like he was one of the Golden Girls, and he he did this move where he f- he flew back. I don't know. He was either choking or something mm-hmm. in a, in the sketch. Not actually choking, but just like had to fly back. And then he hit his neck on like a railing and broke his neck. Holy shit. And like kept Holy it and then shit. like kept it secret because he didn't want people to know and like his career to be affected. Um, but then, yeah, he had. And then he's not to like blow dirty laundry around and stuff, but it's just like he had issues with, you know, prescription medication and everything mm-hmm. after all of the, the pain that five surgeries i believe something like that to to his neck and all that stuff it was just like damn it just made me feel not to bring it down or anything but i just thought i just learned about that today i thought it was worth repeating some of that because i just really like him and i haven't see him in like much uh, like much else i know corky romano and like he's got other like classic characters like mango on snl and and stuff like Mm. that but always another like grown man that you're like oh my god he's acting like a child or a monkey man or something like mango mm-hmm. and uh really really interesting funny dude <laughs> uh, yeah a lot of physical humor in this yeah they even they even referenced his like mango character in the movie because it's like when his dad's yelling at him about uh like not working the cash register or whatever oh no it's right before they go it's right before they go to work for the first time they're going downstairs talking to their mom about her new chin <laughs> yeah uh, i mean he's like Steve, half an hour before you got to be at work and make sure you bring your monkey brother with you. Oh, yeah, uh, that's right. I was like, hey, oh. idiot boy, idiot boy. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Dan Hedaya or something, isn't it? That guy is so great. He's been just like a character actor and a bunch of other stuff. Dan Hedaya. Mm-hmm. Um, he's so funny in, in this. Uh, the, in Yemen, this the Yemenese father. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were supposed so to be Yemenese. That was interesting. <laughs> Sounds a better, better name. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds better. <laughs> no, but it sounds better. <laughs> He's, yeah. Oh. It, it just all all was that everything kind of I don't know, in a weird way, meshed in a very like 
strange way because like yeah you wouldn't i just the comedy worked together everyone in the scene kind of worked together it didn't feel disjointed or anything it seemed like realized enough the characters for them to work off of each other and have funny interactions and and scenes that that took place and at least chris katan and will will ferrell who must be in like every scene um they knew what they were doing they knew how to bounce off of each other and then molly shannon is arguably arguably like the next most important character and I mean, mm-hmm. she's just fantastic, especially when she's just coming on so strong and um, just uh, coming with a whole different type of energy to them and sure. uh, seeing them kind of like rescind from a woman when they're trying so hard to get women was just like get women. Yeah, it was yeah. such a, a funny sort of interaction to be played out uh, as well. When they're just like chucking plants into the into the van and shit, and she's just sitting there like pointing <laughs> after him. Well, it's like the very big when they're loading up the van to begin with. It's you see you see Will Ferrell first, and he's like picking up a plant and holding it very <laughs> carefully and placing it, and and he goes to pick up another one, and then you see Chris Kattan with like a giant fucking plant, and he just boxes it in the back, like I don't even want this. Like, oh well, at least one of them cared about something. <laughs> uh, that, and then Chris Kattan has to keep reminding him that he's not interested in uh, Molly Shannon's character. Right. Like, no, we got. We have to remember that we're we're focused on the the club, our plans. Oh, right, right, yeah, right. totally. <laughs> and like Will Ferrell, like never really learns how to think for himself in the movie. Like that's never a part True. of his sort of character uh, journey. Moment. Really? It's it's because like at the end, what I realized as well this time, I, I guess kind of not that I realized I knew this, but it was just like, yeah, he just goes right back to Chris Kattan they, and they would go back to doing what they were doing anyways, had not had the their club not come to fruition. But he's about to get married because she's telling him to do so. Then Chris Kattan is like, don't do that because I say so. And he's like, OK, <laughs> right, they're, both, yeah. they're both just trying to t- get tell him what to do and he's just each time like ooh, ooh, ooh. and then even at his wedding he's just hitting on eva mendez and he's just, i love that sort of i love that sort in of the, like in the like, middle of it we're saying he's just like he they don't think they just do mm. and they're even they're mindless and affable at the same time and that's kind of like my one of my favorite versions of will smith is that kind of like dumb Fair. affable <laughs> like just empty-headed floating through and and kind of just having like a positive attitude when everyone else is telling him and like the situation is off and it shouldn't be that way. He's just still just like the same as Ron Burgundy or something like, I'm just going to do what I do anyways, you know? <laughs> well, and that's like, yeah, even oh, when, sure. uh, even when he and Chris Kattan like get back together, quote unquote, as brothers, they're sitting on the bridge and like <laughs> the, the whole conversation they have is, uh, is Jerry Maguire Jerry quotes. Maguire, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. This is this is so good. <laughs> shut up. What? Why? Just shut up. Yeah, yeah. Hello. Yeah. Like, they don't even so yeah, they do like they don't don't even know how to have a real moment. They have to like borrow. I don't know. You don't have to read so much and it. it's just funny, funny to see. But when he's trying mm-hmm. to get back, we're just going through the movie funny stuff because it's just a it's just that kind of movie. But he's yeah. trying to he's trying to get back at him and he like calls him when he's standing outside the door. He's like, hi. I can't reach you because my <laughs> brother's too pussy whipped and <laughs> da, 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 da. leave a message at the beat. 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 Hey, Doug, you sorry know. I missed you. <laughs> he's just like treats it totally. 
it's just like yeah it's like brick from anchorman or something it's like you're too stupid to insult like you you're you're too empty-minded to even if you were to try to tell them something is wrong it's like trying to yeah you have to tell a child not to do something or something like that and the scenes the scene where they lose their virginity is is just very is very funny too and he's like walking around they're all they're okay they're doing pickup lines the whole time it's yeah, so, the whole time it's yeah. so funny they just they know this is they know like the the rhyme and dance to it all but they don't know like the punchline they don't know the prestige if you will mm-hmm. um yeah good term it's 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 my favorite nolan movie i gotta use it when i can um and he's like looking at the flowers he's like oh these are real they'll be dead in a week which you would know. Yeah, yeah, it's part of his character. It was great. It's part of his character. I love that. Yeah. Steve, what's the matter? All of our, all of our, uh, everybody that's coming in is depressed. I'm just, just so used to seeing Doug at the register yeah, now. Right. I don't see him anymore. He's like, exactly. that whole thing. No. And then they're, they're just like, like ambulance. Chris Kattan is like line after line after line. And then she lays one back on him and is not fucking around. She is like, if, if like I said, you had a nice hold body, would, me. would you hold it against me? And he like, what? He's like, <laughs> and he what? laughs. What? Yeah. He giggles. And he gets like very serious. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's so funny. But even to go, uh, my other, I'm just rolling through it. But one of my other favorite lines of then scenes of the whole movie was right before that scene, Nick, you just talked about of like the sad customers. Cause She's like, oh, how long will it last? And he's like, oh, it'll last forever. It's fake. It won't break up with you. It won't you. leave your room. It won't move out to the out the pool house. To the guest house. Guest house. And that it'll never tell you that you're so well. She's like, <laughs> he'll, like it'll never, he'll, it'll never tell you that you're ugly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not good looking. <laughs> yeah, and she's just like crying because he's telling her all about how great it's gonna not be. <laughs> right. I lied. You're not good looking. Not good looking. <laughs> <laughs> so mean oh my god yeah and i they they're like and when they fuck up is the funniest thing because they like are able to go with the ruse for so long until will ferrell says something like uh with richard grieco is like oh you guys go to the night rent night the roxbury a lot yeah all the time yeah we've never been inside though you know you, and then and then, the, the, then the, all the front like kind of drops or when they're trying to pick up the women with with the van they're like, what's this? Like, where's your car? It's like, oh, our parents got mad, took it away. <laughs> and they're just yeah, kind of laughing. Far away. All that sort of stuff. Just then, when you when you play it straight to the to the character who they are, and that character is affable, like and and uh, optimistic and positive. I don't know. Yeah, like a what's his dirt Dick Durbin, whatever his name is, in like Naked Gun or something. Like Leslie Nelson. In, like, oh, naked, I forget yeah. his name in Naked Gun. Where it's just like, he's going to fuck up and things are going to go bad, but he's either not going to know about it or he's going to think something else is going on or he's just going to think he's doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing. And and that kind of stuff just just plays really, really well for me. Like uh, people who think they're so good at something and they're like really bad and then so, somehow it still like kind of works out. Um yeah, but I but the nature of them is so good intention. Yes, that's so, a big part so of good. It. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, because I mean, there's one thing to just be lo- like, because that's a that's Chris Kattan's mo is he is like 
he's smarter where he knows not to say those things, Mm -hmm. but he's not smart enough not to like comment on them in front of people or to react strongly about it. Mm. And yeah, which is just, yeah, I, I agree with you that it's, it's so funny to just somebody that's yeah, not mean spirited, just being a fucking idiot. I just, again, yeah. The fact that Will Ferrell, the way how Will Ferrell plays, this is just delightful. It's, I don't know how else to describe it other than just absolutely delightful. Yeah. I, I think, one of, I'm going to steal one of James's lines right now. Yeah. I need a bathroom break. Do it. Oh, please. Yeah. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll keep, keep chugging along for, for a bit here while until, uh, Brandon until, and his beers <laughs> until <laughs> Nick, uh, <laughs> Nick returns. Um, but this, this was just like, uh, something where I'm glad that they didn't go too into their characters, you know, and they gave them some attributes that were for sure kind of like, yeah, just silly and and not, you didn't have to delve too much deeper than, than just one like storyline of the plant lamp store and trying to get married off to the daughter and like the great meeting of the houses of the plant store and the lamp store. Um, which if anything, I guess is the weakest part of the movie, but also it's like kind of necessary to have something. So I, I don't know. I'm not oh, sure. I'm not mad at it. Yeah. Cause the conflict with, uh, Zadir is so light yeah. because really it's just Colin Quinn just being an asshole. Like <laughs> Zadir right. wants them, wants them around. Like he's asking about them and you know, and what have you. So it's like, there's not even really a conflict of like whether yeah, you, there's really such little concerns here in this movie. Mm-hmm. But and the, but kind of to just talk critically, though, about it is, is that yeah. I agree. I agree with you that I don't really want more plotting. Mm-hmm. I think then it's about focusing on the situations and the jokes, because like there's a lot of funny stuff in here. But like. I don't know, there's. I there could have been more time spent inside the Roxbury. Like they really mm-hmm. just walk in, go to Zadir, sit down, have the conversation, and end. There isn't there's just a, the dance scene, but yeah. There's the dance scene. <laughs> and I love the fact that Zadir's just like, that's some good ass grabbing. <laughs> that's ass grabbing <laughs> Some really good ass grabbing out there. <laughs> what a great attribute to give a character is like, and, and he plays it so well because uh sorry i know you were making a much much um more interesting no no come on (laughs) no no please speaking of ass grabbing uh i love that that was like his main attribute besides being the owner of nine at the roxbury was just that he would fit that into conversation so fluently even the very first time where he like interrupts chris Catan in the middle of a point you're like wait did you grab my ass (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he stops he stops him and stop and then he's like no and he's like do you want to no sh- do, should i no and he's like ah, and then he just like com- gives no, he's like you're just barking up the wrong tree but his demeanor changes right back he's like eh, whatever it's all good like as if that's just like it, i guess i don't i don't even think too hard about the joke when i think about it more it's like maybe that's like club sort of stuff but then when he does it to colin quinn it is the, the it just time. creates the funniest weirdest tension in the room <laughs> especially when oh there's my two god like yeah. other business people that are like standing right there in the office oh my god so i there, think uh, 
I definitely did watch it in eighth grade because I remember taking our eighth grade like graduation photo and standing on one end of like, the platform or whatever. Mm-hmm. And one of my other buddies that was on the far on the other end going, did you just grab my ass? <laughs> like, so it's another, that's another one of the most quotable things from that movie is, did you just grab my ass? Yeah. The, if you're saying his, his whole, his whole character revolves around that. And it's such a, it's such a funny thing to it's, he, he's the arbiter to the, to, to the Roxbury and to them succeeding, yeah. but to, like, to have uh, that to be his comedic turn is, is, is great. And Colin Quinn, doesn't get that much to do, but it's such a perfect little, like, just, he just has to keep a straight face and be pissed and pick up like fluffy whip or whatever. He's like the, he's like the original version of happy from Avengers in Iron Man. He's, he's the, he's the yeah. secondary character, right? Yeah. Like yeah. Even, uh, or even, even like a uh, Phil or something. Yeah. In, in even, uh, Brandon and I were just watching it and, Blarge came in and he came in right at the ass grabbing party. He's like, Oh, it's the ass grabbing guy. <laughs> he doesn't even have a name. He's just the ass grabbing guy. He's, he's not Mr. Zadir. He's not the owner. He's just the ass grabbing guy. That was his character. And it's crazy that Colin Quinn's character was like that minor. Mm-hmm. Cause I'd be like by 98, Colin Quinn was Colin Quinn. Like he was one of the, probably one of the most famous standups at that time. Mm-hmm. And he had, like, I don't know, probably like two minutes of airtime in that yeah, whole movie. I think it was, yeah, it was kind of like the weekend update stand up guy and maybe just wasn't doing like big, big time movies and stuff. But it was, it was great seeing him in something for sure. Yeah. And then like, uh, who's the other one? The, the lady cop that gives, yeah, that gives Jennifer, Coolidge. Jennifer, yeah, Coolidge. Jennifer Coolidge. Jennifer Coolidge. Stifler's mom. Yeah. And, uh, Ben and Snap from, uh, Legally Blonde. Yeah, she's in like she's in a whole bunch of stuff. So they have all these stuff. famous people that are just like in it, kind you know, of. You know who I saw uh, name in the credits this time was was cool was uh, Michael Clark Duncan, and I saw his uh, I saw his name. He's yeah, he's a bouncer, really great uh, oh, as well. Amazing, like, he's just fucking kills it. Like not not only does are you his body are you threatened he's, he's like, just like, I'm, not, I'm not gonna fuck with this bouncer like you should never fuck with any bouncer but damn like this guy could fucking rip me like a piece of tissue paper like Charmin. um but Charmin's probably stronger than the tissue paper that he would rip you like but he would rub he would you know, the part from space jam where like the monsters like put turn michael jordan into a basketball and dunk him like he could do that he could do that to me right <laughs> Um, it's a, a very good anecdote <laughs> i think of my life in movies uh michael clark duncan is uh credited as uh michael big mike duncan in the in the credits and i thought that wow was, like, oh, is that what his name was that was the bouncer name no that's what his name his like uh it's it's like oh. bouncer roxbury bouncer is his credited and then his actual name is michael and then in quote quotes big mike duncan so like people call him big mike on set and stuff which makes me happy like hey big mike that's, <laughs> that's awesome what, that's what i imagine at least or I mi- I, god i miss him so much he's the fucking best dude he he was great the most uh What's the other comedy that he was in? He's, uh, he uh, plays he's like in Bobby, Tal- Ricky Bobby. Yeah, yeah he's with, in Talladega uh, Nights with Will Ferrell. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Oh, don't you put that in there. He's, yeah, he's <laughs> so funny. And he's, uh, uh, yeah, he's in a lot of, a lot of other good stuff. Obviously, Green Mile. And I, I, 
have a yeah. Armageddon, which we covered on yeah, the pod. Yeah, that's right. He's great. He's awesome. That's like one of his first movies. And um, it was. Yeah. What was it? Uh, the Island. I I kind of like The Island. He's really good in that as well. Um, the Michael Bay mm. movie. Mm. Uh, okay i need to see that. i haven't seen that, that yeah. i have a weird it's i like that movie and he's like you know everyone's like a clone and uh you know mm-hmm. he's his real person is a football player uh and so like the football player gets injured and needs new organs so he's one of the first to win the lottery and go to the island which really means they're gonna harvest all of his organs and kill him yeah give him to the fo- football player or whatever but i yeah i was anyways i it's a it's a it's a Michael Bay it's a Michael Bay movie. It's interesting to see, think about these connections of like, oh, he's probably new from Armageddon, or yeah, I wonder if he's in Ricky Bob because Will Ferrell had to go down with another Roxbury. Uh, who knows? But uh, do you guys did you guys in eighth grade when you watched this movie know who Richard Grieco was? Because I didn't fucking know, and I absolutely just, not. And I was just like, no, oh, he's just a famous person. So of like, course, even yeah. just like references of like. Oh, 21 Jump Street or whatever in like the club they said at one time, or is Johnny Depp meeting you here? Some of that shit just didn't land for me as an eighth grader. Oh my God. Yeah, absolutely not. (laughs) Uh, He is such an intense widow's peak. Holy shit. (laughs) That was nuts. a, A five head? Oh yeah, big time. And his hair, like, oh, I just the fashion in this movie is so crazy to think about because this movie came out in '98, right? Yes. Um, my God, things Great have year. changed. <laughs> like, yeah. Holy shit! Because he was wearing like, was he wearing like a leopard shirt with like an enormous lapel and then a jacket? And then he's wearing like a, a silver necklace, but just like it, it reminded me of there was, you know, because of swingers and swingers kind of yeah. based off of like in L.A. There was this whole 50s kind of rockabilly uh-huh. revival in big fashion. Bag, big bag voodoo daddy was like mute. There was like a lot of right. like swing, swing music that people were into mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah. Like big band, uh, yeah, Mighty Mighty Boston's, that kind mm-hmm. of shit. And he just had th- that clothes on. And man, it just, it is insane clothing. And I'm sure people now, you know, our people back then would comment on how insane certain pieces of clothing are then. Um, but yeah, it's so fun to just look at this, you know, to look at the clothes and uh, the swimsuits too um on the on the beach uh, yeah, yeah even yeah. that's changed dramatically <laughs> the, <laughs> the amount of material that were in the bathing suits there compared to now yeah absolutely oh right right less <laughs> you know there's, crazy <laughs> there's so much less material and they cost about a, i don't know probably two thousand percent more <laughs> it's inflation you know no <laughs> it's complicated but it's my life <laughs> <laughs> oh here we go <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> what oh year is God. it man it's starting, it's starting to feel like early 2000s again <laughs> yeah and then also speaking of the time period let's let's talk about the music i know we've mentioned it a little bit but so james your favorite song is uh this is the night or is um that the name? uh it's beautiful there's beautiful night beautiful it's a night, beautiful yeah. night oh, 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 oh it's a beautiful night that song and um no that song's but yeah that's my another i think that's the same song there's another one that plays is it? A lot. Oh, yeah. no i remember i remember ready be my be lover my want lover to be want to be my lover, lover. Da, 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 da. lover. Be all those 
all the songs all the songs that are in that movie just remind me of like roller skate nights oh my god which honestly that just unlocked a memory for me i feel like james we listened to the soundtrack a lot yeah i I, uh yeah our friend dimitri burned us the cd to nine burned me the cd to nine at the roxbury i got a burnt disc of it Oh my and, god, uh, CDRs. Wow. He had like speakers on his backpack that he would we would walk around uh-huh. campus like those assholes in eighth grade or whatever and just like play music because we were learning what music was, which was like weird Allen shit because we didn't know. And right. uh, like Green Day or Jimmy World, some shit. Blink 182 Green Day. something. <laughs> Green um, Day Blink 182. Some dude, shit, you know. <laughs> some shit. Like American Idiot was a big, big deal around that time. It was a huge deal. Um yeah. and but we were into Night at the Roxbury soundtrack and we like movies. So we're into soundtracks and stuff like that too. But we would like, I, I, this opened up in a weird way, kind of like the world of techno and, and house, yeah, to, and house to me a little bit to me. Like, cause like, yeah, I would, I would get like other totally. soundtracks as well. And like, honestly, like Madonna from like die another day and like spy who shagged me. I had both of those uh-huh. soundtracks. And I remember being like, how is she, how is she making that music? I don't understand what instruments those are. Sure. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And like, I was like synths and stuff like, I was like, Oh, that is cool. And then like dirty Vegas had that really popular song that was in that car commercial of like, uh, um, oh, I know, I know exactly what song you're talking about though. I, uh, it's, uh, I, I almost want to play just like a snippet of it. Cause I know we won't, uh, or I can sing it days go by and still I think good boom, boom. And then like Dave and Dave Chappelle made a whole joke, joke about it. Um, and everything to, uh, and like one of in Chappelle's show where like the, the girls like dancing in the car. Anyways, anyways. Oh, yeah, was, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. and and then he kicks her out of the car because the music sucks she's she's dancing weird weird. she's like yeah just and that's like the first episode or in first skit of the Chappelle show that's so crazy to think about yeah Um, so that was a big commercial I don't know there was like avenues for me to get into that type of music which all three of us have had our history with just even this type of music and I think it does stem stem for me like from the soundtrack in a certain way yeah yeah, totally. Um, God, because it's just it's yeah, it makes you move. It makes you feel good. It yeah, techno music, house music, dance music, all of it elicits just such a hit of dopamine where it just is these simple, like usually upbeat chords. Uh, it, it, yeah, and just loud four to the floor beats. And it's just yeah, you because I mean before that, you know, we were listening to yeah, more like rock, folky kind of stuff, or what are what music our parents were listening to, totally. and our parents were not totally. listening to yeah. that. So it's like hip hop and dance music. I think are two mm-hmm. things that are so of our time, and it's something that I covet a lot because yeah, it's just it's unique to growing up in my lifetime uh, to have those things. And man, they just fucking bang. Like even yeah, the soundtrack for this rocks. There's just yeah, such great uh, yeah, like '90s dance music in this. Well, and like you think about like, that's actually what raves sounded like because that instead mm-hmm. of or like festivals that we go to now don't sound anything like that. Totally. No, there yeah. might be like a 90s tent or something like that. And yeah, the, the change is 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 interesting. There's a little bit more of like at least some more elements of instrumentation and then kind of at least in some of the songs. I mean, some of them get quote unquote repetitive in their in their own way, but when I think of be my lover, there's like five parts to that song. 
uh-huh. of like different different things like looking back and all the time we had together and then there's like yeah. this whole like breakdown with the hip-hop beat and stuff and then someone does a verse on top of it and uh i feel like there was more concern over it being a full song that you could put put on a record um at least with some of the stuff you're aware of and then there was like a very more clear delineation between that and maybe some of the underground stuff which was still very much happening but it just wasn't Mm -hmm. being put on like as many records and stuff like that and now it's just so in the public atmosphere like sphere and everything yeah i don't know it's you can and you can put however many singles or whatever on spotify without ever even an eps and how without even ever coming out with an album um Mm. which yeah i think i don't know kind of services the those types of artists in some some way i know spotify is not good for for artists in general but um when you don't have to come up with like yeah a full album and someone can still have access to your music i mean there's a reason also that i think we got into some of this stuff as well whether it's through lime wire or whatever the fuck it is you know for sure sure Mm -hmm. but uh yeah so big old big old soundtrack for me a lot of a lot of good tracks what is love is actually like a plot device within the movie and even you know when he when he pulls it up at the end at the wedding and starts bobbing the head the bobbing bobbing, bobbing of the head and the, the song are both just like not like a not only something that they do but like people around them in that moment you realize that they know that's something that's important to them which was kind of funny where like you just see see them do this every night but then Molly Shannon's like, oh, she he's doing the head bopping thing again. Oh, no, I hate this song. And it's like, oh, like, it's funny to hear other people be sick of these guys. And then at the, even at the end, Will Ferrell, my, one of my favorite throwaway lines is the last line in the yes. movie is like, yeah. they're like, oh, she's like, oh, I love this song. He's like, oh, I'm getting kind of sick of it. <laughs> yes. yes, it's so good. It's oh, good. Like, uh, but even beautiful life like i had forgotten about yeah. that song when it came on when i came when it came on i was like oh my god it's like you hear it before they like even get into the club uh in that uh-huh. scene and you can hear it from like uh oh no guys this is the coat room you can hear it playing while they're yeah. in the coat room and you're just hearing it. i was like oh my god it's a beautiful life you like you know the song for, for because it's just so good and it stayed with you forever there's a re- and then there's a remix of uh, if you like my body uh, yeah. and there's this cool part where it like breaks in oh 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 it's a little bit more upbeat disco inferno i i can go through them all mm-hmm. it's so many so many great so much great stuff um but I, you know i i'm I'm glad with how we've kind of rolled through this movie and i'm down to like uh go through whatever else that you think um we miss if you guys want to start moving on or if, or if is there something like do you want to go through the plot is there any other elements of the of the story that you think that uh that we missed out on that we should really Take a second. No, I thought I was like, no, I think we covered everything. Yeah, I feel good about it. <laughs> I yeah. mean, there's there's credit vixen. I mean, there's there's a that's kind of like a bygone thing, I guess, of like uh, yeah. calling, yeah. calling, having to call someone and like run the run the numbers and stuff like that. I guess you could, but it's like I don't know. Everything's so more digital, and you just do it on your app or mm-hmm. w- you whatever. use your phone. Yeah, your smartphone. Right. 
he like jumps out of the limo to call on the that was a little that was a little much but i loved uh i loved the name credit vixen uh Mm -hmm. And then also they're like addicted to whippets, which I think is a funny little like detail of like, he doesn't even realize what he's doing. He's like, oh, it's just like makes you happy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you mean nitrous oxide? Uh, No. 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 Wait, what is Luffy with? It's like, tell your mom I had fun last night. And your dad. It has to be in the can. (laughs) Yes. That's right. And your dad. I mean your sister. Oh yeah, score! <laughs> that all their all their dumb high fives for the dumbest things. Yeah, I don't think that fuck was really necessary either. That was a very like, why did they even need? Did Joni loves Chachi, but did Chachi give a flying fuck about Joni? Like, I don't. Know, I guess if that's where you want to put your fuck, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> okay. Worth it. I mean, it could have been. It could have been a strategic, uh, like editing or it could have been strategic to put it in there just to make sure that it wasn't a PG movie because mm-hmm. otherwise that movie is not PG 13, but because there's one fucking in it, it has to be a PG 13. It can't be a PG movie. Maybe it was strategic just to make it available only for like young adults and adults as opposed to children. So parents were taking their kids to see this movie and then getting upset about it. Sure. But I mean, nonetheless, like for her to say it about, Joni loves Chachi. Loves Chachi. Yeah, for sure. I like it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess our main characters could have said it or maybe uh, Zadir could have said it or something like that. Or even if Molly Shannon said it about like, uh, I don't know, Will Ferrell leaving her, or, you know, yeah. something Fuck like that. You. That, that would have made sense. But yeah. Or, Ikea. or you just get like, a, oh my God, that's, oh God. Sex, that's sexy and that's ridiculous. I know. That's the one part Here's like when I would have to watch with my, with my family. It's like, oh God, all right, I'm going to go to the, this is where I'm going to go to the bathroom. Yeah, I'm going to walk out of the room for this one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) And then like, yeah, I guess there's the personal trainer, Craig. Uh, He's got some he's got some funny moments. I think he's cast really well. There's on the night he like goes out with um, with Chris Kattan and clubbing. Yeah, they go they go clubbing and Chris Kattan Chris Kattan isn't isn't well and he like calls him an idiot. And then he's like, that is, that is no reason to make fun of me in a deb- diminutive manner or something. He says something like very like <laughs> super intelligent. Yeah. Oh yeah. I thought that was funny. And he steps in and he marries Molly Shannon. They're a good fit. I thought, yeah. And the priest is really funny. Um, and he's been, it's going to be another fee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. 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 Yeah. We're, then, gathered, uh, we're gathered here again today. <laughs> Richard Grieco solves the father-son relationship with Chris Kattan. uh, Which is a callback, which is so funny because Chris Kattan, when they bump into him uh, or he uh, crashes into them, Chris Kattan says like, oh, he's Grieco's an actor, which means he's really sensitive. And then for that to like pay off at the end was so funny to me because it was just such a weird thing to like oh my god they they set that up for this to happen because yeah yeah, it it makes the father stuff get resolved so incredibly quickly where it's just like oh this person we placed here is just going to tell you yeah exactly what needs to be said in order for the dad to just go you're right okay Mm -hmm. that makes sense and then so we can leave the movie and the dad's on board with them they got the club yeah so that's that's a lot a lot of comedies i'm thinking like get him to the greek with like 
P. Diddy or Diddy or and stuff too. He's just kind of like helping uh, this story. Like he's kind of a big part of the story, but he doesn't. He's on a lot of scenes, but when he is, it's like mm, it's uh, he's, it's a good time. He's the he's the problem solver. This would be the best way to say it. Yeah, he kind of pushes thing things along a bit. I just I love the line, Richard Greco, you see right through me. <laughs> i just I, I love i love that that was that was really nice um cool well yeah it's uh they they end on the jerry Maguire thing there's a uh kind of like people's pictures and everything next to their no wait no that doesn't happen why am i think that doesn't happen is it there's it just the movie the movie wraps up in the way that oh yeah they start dancing to what is love and they see uh hottie cop and i was looking forward to seeing you on her before june 3rd or whatever yeah um that's how it ends sorry i was in, uh, in municipal court, municipal court. <laughs> yeah. before. make a move uh, <laughs> make a move <laughs> so much so much good what's up uh all right anyway so i will move on to reviews then we'll start with critics from uh the rotten tomatoes on the site they have 54 reviews from critics 250,000 uh from audience. Um this is what I'm saying like our last movie Gloria Bell had almost the same amount on both sides it was a weird one. Um you, that's usually the disparity is is that what we have today. All right, we'll start with Lisa Schwartzbaum, Entertainment Weekly. The lame-o aspects of the whole campy setup are still lame-o. So she didn't seem like she didn't <laughs> like the sketch. No. Yeah. oh okay yeah. okay to, to begin so with so she went in knowing she was already gonna hate it like we i already said yeah she didn't like the sketch and okay the movie just yeah. was i still hate it um dennis harvey variety an amiable if flyweight diversion hmm okay diversion lisa all specter chicago reader more schmaltzy than funny huh mm. Yeah. Right. Is it, okay. Is it, is it pretty small? Yeah, some Yeah, stuff there's like them, fall, you know, dealing with the um, the girls and all of that stuff, and then like them oh, loving yeah. each, each other as brothers and that kind of stuff. But mm. I mean, that's kind of that's the plot, though. <laughs> like, I, I, yeah. You want to you want to tone that down? Okay. Well, <laughs> there's not you can't take away too much before it just turns into a TV show, an episode of a, a TV yeah, show. Yeah. Right. Um, Paul, this is. I like this review a lot. It's very short and I feel like I've, I would like to think of like other movies that would fit this description. If you guys can think of any other, any other movies that fit this mm-hmm. description, Paul Tatar from CNN.com, basically a longer version of its poster. Mm. Uh, okay. Like you can get everything you got out of the movie from just looking at the poster. I feel like I've seen certain posters. I'm like, yeah, I get it. Oh yeah, I can't I think of any off that. the top of my. It's hard yeah, to think for of. Sure. Yeah, yeah, almost like Collateral Beauty. Like we yes, saw that movie, right. and like maybe I, I didn't know exactly what was going to happen, but I knew how it was going to kind of feel, and I like mm-hmm. saw the poster. And I'm like, yeah, I can kind of get it where that's going to go. All right. Um, Anita Gates from New York Times, the director John Fortenberry, whose background is in television, has probably done the best that can be done with characters who were never meant to speak. See, mm. I, I, they're just railing against the even mere existence of this. Yeah, right. They and all like, they're all movie they're all movie critics that are bashing a, an SNL skit that turned mm-hmm. into a movie. Yeah, that seems, that seems to be where it's coming from. Yeah, 
it's like a food it's like a food critic going to a, f- a fast food place and then bashing on them because it's fast food mm-hmm. kind of yeah. yeah or like uh if the fast food place wanted to try like something new or or something like that yeah mm-hmm. it's like right. oh it tastes like it still tastes like fast food it's like we weren't that's what we do that's what we do mm-hmm. um thank you that was the goal yeah <laughs> They don't take it as an insult anymore. It's like, oh, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I will. Uh, I'll just go ahead and end with uh, our guy Roger Ebert. I wondered if he was going to be in here. Uh, one out of four. Uh, a night at the Roxbury probably never had a shot at being funny anyway, but I don't think it planned to be pathetic. It's the first comedy I've attended where you feel that to laugh would be cruel to the characters. He's like, he felt like Damn. he was laughing at it rather than with it is the only thing. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> he felt like he, he felt bad for the actors because if he right. laughed at it, he was laughing at them and not for them. I mean, oh, I see, see, I've been in comedies where at the very beginning, I know it's not their funny bone is different than my funny bone. And I'm not into it. Like, and I've heard sure. and I've heard people be very into you don't mess with the Zohan. And that's one that like doesn't doesn't hit me at like at mm. all. Like and it actually kind of makes me like like it Angry. upset yeah. and like rubs me the wrong way. And it's, it's certain like when you, comedies that do that were just if it's a bad comedy, it's really bad sometimes, yeah. But it's mm. like seeing a stand-up that bombs and it's super cringy, but you're like yeah. oh. I feel so bad for you right now. Yeah. But that's not like that for me on this one. But yeah, these are where these people are coming from. Um, Maybe one more. This is from Empire Magazine, Trevor Lewis. Two out of five. We have to survive on a diet of low calorie slapstick and quick fix buffoonery. I guess that's the whole movie was. I think that I I was interested in that one because it just kind of, I think, was speaking to the time of comedies. Like what comedies were at that time, or like we're some, out. Adamson, yeah. or some of the sketch stuff, some of like see mm. just series of gags. And I think maybe they were looking for something a little, little deeper at this time rather than just like, Hey, we got this sketch. That's funny. You like that. Why don't we just make that longer? And that's, yeah. what they were. Yeah. But honestly, well, it's okay. Yeah. That's even if that's what they do, like I'm all right with it. It was entertaining. It was fun. Yeah. I'm with that. There's uh, lots of movies that have terrible reviews that I absolutely love. And it doesn't make sense to me that they have terrible reviews, but that's because I love it. Totally. Yeah. And it's interesting to parse that out. We found uh, through these discussions and in, in these podcasts, especially when, especially when people feel like a very particular sort of way, there's plenty of times where we're like kind of down in the middle of kind of like, I don't know. We think both people are kind of being like, exaggerating their opinions a bit and we think it's kind of like right in the middle but then occasionally there's those times where we're like how can people like this so much anyone like this so much or how can people Mm. hate this so much and we go above and beyond or way below uh some of the scores um but with this one deep history you know we brought Corey blarge on for hook that was one where it's like it's more than a movie um it's just it's bigger than that and doing these kind of ones have been interesting. Like, yeah, the more cult classics, like you said earlier. Sure. Um, have you done Grandma's Boy yet? No, nah, is that a... No. I think that's a great cult classic Make... for high individuals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll have to look into it. 
Yeah. I mean, make, make your list. There was one earlier that, oh, wow, this is, dude, this is 15% critics, 85% audience. Oh, we'll have to have you back on that. I've never seen this movie either, so it's perfect. You've never seen Grandma's Boy? I get that same reaction every single time I say that. Whoa. (laughs) I was waiting for it. See what I mean? I get that same reaction every single time I bring that up to anybody. I was like, what? (laughs) Oh, good. I was waiting. Um, I've seen some, yeah, I've seen some of it, whatever. People probably have it on at parties or something, but I'm super down to to jump into that. Definitely. That's That's a great one that probably yeah obviously people fucking hated and critics but it's a great movie that's uh, you're just you're just gonna laugh the whole time i'm down to give it a give it a shot there's i see waiting is is here too um Mm. is betty white in grandma's boy uh no it's not betty white it's uh uh the the mom from everybody loves raymond yeah 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 totally Mm -hmm. yeah well i'm down for that I think critics were just pissed off at the time. We're like, we keep getting these stupid comedies and audience. It's like, it's funny. Nah. <laughs> it's well, it's cute. like, yeah, grandma's boy is literally every, every single person that's in every Adam Sandler movie yeah. minus Adam Sandler. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. I love those guys. Uh, yeah. Their, their movies are dumb, but they're funny. Mm-hmm. Yep. Count me in. All right. So I'm moving on to uh, audience reviews. 69% baby. Uh, Night at the Roxbury. Um, we got from CJ titled the critics hated it, uh, better not watch this because the critics hated it. But then again, the garbage they like is crap. <laughs> Nick, did you I write wanna... that? No, that doesn't sound like anything I would write. <laughs> I'd be more eloquent. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, Vala titled hilarious. If you want a comedy, this one is so funny. And just like SNL, just full of laughs, goofballs, and so much fun to watch. This is my top all time favorite comedy. I have watched it many, many times. Highly recommended. Yeah. Uh, I mean, top all time favorite comedy. That's, I hope that's an exaggeration. There are funnier movies out there, but you know what? Mm -hmm. People love what they love, right? Exactly. Yeah. I, Maybe at a certain time in my life, I'd, yeah, I would cite this one. I just hadn't seen that many movies as an eighth grader. And I'm just like, that one's hilarious. Or, or when I think like around that time, just like anything Will Ferrell, Jim Carrey, Adam Sandler is, is, is my favorite. Uh, oh, it's like mine used to be The Mask. Oh, hey, I love that. I love that one too. Is that, is that still your favorite Carrie, you say? Uh, that was probably my favorite Carrie at the time. Either that or Liar Liar. But oh my God. Liar, yeah, I liar, liar. Can't lie. This pen is blue. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's like, one that it. like blows by. The same with this movie. It just like, oh my god, I yeah. throw it on. Yeah. I, it's just the it just flows by. I don't know. Or it's on TV or something. You just have to finish it. One of those. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, the Zoo Queen titled "Sexy" five stars. <laughs> Um, oh, cool. I have loved this movie forever and can watch it over and over. I really love Chris, Cat- Chris, Chris Catan. The movie is funny, energetic, and will get you in a good mood. Sit back, relax, and don't forget the popcorn. <laughs> that person gets it. Yeah, that person. She wow. Is, she loves Chris Catan. Maybe that's so funny that she yeah, loves think, Chris Catan. I think Zoo Queen's very into Chris Catan. Yeah, well, yeah, short. He kids. was he was wearing a bunch of like 
zoo-themed clothing with his leopard print. Aunt. Ooh, maybe she wants to make make him like her her monkey, leopard monkey man. Pet. <laughs> monkey man. Oh, okay, yeah, that works. Mango. That was yeah. good. Mango, uh, mango. <laughs> Uh, one of the best Will Ferrell movies title. It's titled from the Brianator '88. Oh, Brianator! Um, overall, it was a great movie. If you're a Will Ferrell movie, this I'd recommend. Does <laughs> that, that what he wrote? If you're uh, a Will Ferrell me? movie, this I'd recommend. <laughs> hmm. Cool. It's like okay. writing. It's like writing your dates backwards. Is he English? That's yeah. I'm not sure. It's about these losers working for their dad at this floral shop, and every night they try to get into the Roxbury, but not, but because of their behavior, they're banned, so they try a way to enter. The soundtrack has pretty much all the greatest techno hits of the late 90s. We definitely agree on that. And, uh, oh, okay, and that's it. Okay, well. <laughs> uh, from Super Dude 5 Stars, titled, This movie represents the golden age of Los Angeles and L.A. clubbing. Gone are these days in L.A. Watch this movie and reminisce about the good old days when the L.A. club scene was safe, fun, and at its best in the late 90s. This mm. person is older than us and can actually attest to what it was like to be there. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's like, yeah, it, it would be really cool to dance on water. Right. <laughs> what a glass table. What a glass people board. love it. I mean, he's people one of those love people. It. <laughs> People love that's, it. That's actually that's I love uh, their that's, ideas so much. <laughs> I love how what, they have uh, like cool ideas. <laughs> yeah. Way at uh, the end when they're walking by, he, he Will Ferrell's just like, put two cherries in there. <laughs> yeah, put, a, put a couple cherries in there. <laughs> yeah. Good, good, good idea. Ooh, good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Mr. Batabi, or no, then somebody, a waitress is like, oh, hi, Mr. Bartabi, or whatever. And he's like, Butabi, well, it's Butabi, it's cool. But <laughs> it's cool. Yeah, we'll move on. And like, his range of knowledge was what was funny to me, because he was an idiot in almost every situation. But then Chris Tan is freaking out, trying to figure out the cell phone. And he's like, you have to dial your number and then the then pound sign. Pound sign. And yeah, he knew how the pages worked. The one time he corrects Chris Kattan, Chris Kattan is like, fucking <laughs> yeah it's like dude you correct and then him he, on everything and then he turns away to like hide hide that he's gonna do exactly what he's what steve just told him to do yeah All right he's like i'm gonna do exactly what he just said <laughs> um i will go to george r jenkins titled will ferrell loses his ego in this role a nice change from his current films one of my favorite movies will ferrell loses his ego in this role a nice change from his current films he and Chris Kattan play Rich Brothers club hopping in the L.A. area while trying not to work for their father. A fun film you want to watch again and again and find yourself quoting from it. That's on yeah. point. What movies had Will Ferrell done in 98? That he was egotistical. Yeah, I don't understand if maybe in SNL he had an ego or something. I don't know what ego means, to be honest. Yeah, I guess potentially, because I mean, a lot of it has got to be with like in relation to Saturday Night Live, because I mean, he started being in movies around this time, right? Yeah. So, like, uh, I guess Austin Powers is before this. You shot me in the arm. <laughs> <laughs> you shot me right in the arm. <laughs> I am very badly burned. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, all right i'll do one more um pinnacle 82 titled must watch i have watched and rewatched this movie a thousand times since i was about 18 years old it tends to grow on you though it's quite silly 
Great for a lazy day or at 420, LOL. And yeah. speaking of 420, Nick Schulte, would you like to start our round of reviews uh, and ratings from uh, uh, ourselves? Or would you like us to start? Yeah. I would like you to start because I have no idea what you just said. Sure. Yes. Yeah, so what, what we're, what oh, we're going to do. We're going to do final thoughts. That was we're doing ah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. So just uh, some final thoughts, just kind You're of the 69 420 guy is what I was trying to say. No, I got that hundred <laughs> percent gotcha. dead on. Cool. <laughs> but yeah, it's just we're, it's we're gonna just part do that it. I don't get. Mm-hmm. Brandon didn't give me the heads up on this part. Uh, oh, I'm you sorry. didn't do your so, homework? Oh, god damn it. Damn it. You were supposed to I write asked. a report and give and give a presentation, Nick. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, I think I've lied and bullshitted every report I've ever written, so I think I can do this. Yeah, exactly. There we go. Um, I'll I'll start us off. But what it is, Nick, Nick, is it's just a a summation and final thoughts, and then you're going to give your score, Rotten Tomato score, so out of a hundred percent. Okay, that works. Okay. Uh, My my summation. I'll start then. That way I don't have to. That way I don't have to be last. Yeah. Uh, summation. The movie is fantastic. It's always been fantastic. I think I remember you like even from first time I watched it. Oh my god, 20, 20 years ago. <gasps> yeah, I know. Thank you. Sorry. Uh <laughs> I don't like being old either, James. Uh <laughs> sorry, I don't know why that happened to me. <laughs> even 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 now, like watching it 20 years later. I think I still have the same visceral reactions. I laugh at all the same things I used to laugh at. I think that it's funnier now than I did when I was a teenager. Um, and there, honestly, there wasn't there isn't really much more they could have done to make it a better movie. If they if they tried to add more of a plot, then it would have ruined ruined what it became. Uh, like it wouldn't have been as good a comedy because they they tried to turn it into like a movie instead of an extra long skit even though it's a movie but you understand what i mean yeah um uh personal score would probably be like a 75 percent based on rotten tomatoes amazing yeah uh totally, totally. I, can't, it's, I can't believe it was a nine percent that's i know ins- that's, that's so insane silly. to me so so uh and like especially with all the other movies that have to be down there at below 10 percent. that's that's insane it's a weird movie. it's a weird system that Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. That's why mm. usually Rotten Tomatoes, the audience has a a better uh application of the percentage that you're gonna get, especially if it says you have 250,000 to 54. So you're getting a better average of what people actually think of it as opposed to what professionals actually think yeah, of it. Yeah, in this circumstance for sure, but in, in our experience our short experience here on the podcast and everything, they they kind of come in yeah, different shapes and forms. It's it's interesting. I was going to say, yeah, cuz I mean even just the last movie we did, the audience didn't care for it and the critics did. Mm-hmm. And the movie's fantastic and the audience more often than not the problem that the audience have and it's really kind of funny cuz it's exactly the issue here with the critics is that they go into it with a preconceived notion of what this is going to be, or they're in the mindset of what they want out of the movie based off of just like material that they've seen or maybe word of mouth. And then they see it and it's not that. And instead of mentally shifting gears and going, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm surprised. Now let me just kind of rework my perspective and go, okay, now I'm looking at this differently. Now, how do I feel about it? They just get so bogged down in like, 
I wanted it to be this, or in this case, it's like, yeah, this was stupid. This, you know, the skit was stupid. The movie's stupid. Mm -hmm. And instead of going like, Oh, you know, given how like the skit itself, I guess I'm starting to get into my review. Do it. (laughs) But yeah, you do. Do you, it's like, do you ever, do you ever go into movies with a preconceived notion? And then after you see it and it's absolutely not what you thought, do you rewatch it again? Like you give yourself like three months, four months, six months, a year, whatever it is. Then you go back and rewatch it with uh, an, an open mind, knowing even, even knowing what you're going to see, you go in going, all right, cool. I'm not going to think anything. I'm going to go in and to see it just to see it might not revisit it but i mean Ooh. even in in a movie the movie we just did yeah it's like we talked about the trailer and how trailers have such an effect on what your mm-hmm. idea of what the movie is going to be going into it and um you know something like gloria bell which it made it look like it was going to be a lot funnier and a lot more upbeat which it has its moments but it's really not that and i, I guess like, it me- sounded like it was a sad movie yeah you know it's like that and you know for audiences audience members they said you know not not much happens and it's a little slow or something like the green knight a movie that i gave a straight up 100 percent, baby um (laughs) and like the witch and stuff movies that audience members didn't like another 100 percent, baby um those movies those criticisms are like it's not it's not scary enough for the witch or it's not nothing happens in the green knight and it's slow and it's not like this big action packed adventure or something like, like that. And I th- think that trailers really have an effect on you. I, I don't know. It's yeah, uh, sure. and, and, and a lot of times it's hard to not put, actually it's not hard, but for whatever reason, people think they need to put like it is, the, yeah. the whole For arc, the whole arc of the trailer, a whole arc of the story in the trailer, which is so mm-hmm. not necessary. Um, doesn't, you know, and a mood, a trailer that I just saw recently, which I liked, and I think it went on Super Bowl this this past weekend, was the new Jordan Peele movie. Nope, and I, I don't really Looks know. So good. It's like a two minute trailer. I don't really know what's gonna happen in that movie, but I'm like very interested in in seeing it, and it looks like very entertaining, and it piqued my interest, and that's exactly what it what it should do. Um, but if I went into that movie, I guess, and it was like. I don't know. It looks like something to do with the weather and there's it's scary stuff. But if I went to that movie and it was like, not that and something, I don't know. I'm trying to think what the opposite of that was something happy and shiny and sure, whatever, whatever it is, whatever I, you know, you get what you get what I'm saying, but I, I think where you're going with that. I think you're Brandon, maybe you're alluding to his expectation is at play a lot with, with these, maybe it was something that you were kind of saying as well of like people's expectations of what they want. But, um, would you like to uh, wrap it up with your review? Sure. Yeah. Um, this movie is really funny. Maybe it could be funnier, but there's so much that I liked about this movie. Uh, a lot of it. Yeah. It just comes from, it just has a special place in my heart um, because it came out and it's really targeted to me when I did watch it for the first time and it resonated a lot, but upon rewatching it, it's still funny. The music is still great. Yeah. I just, I don't have too much bad to say about it because it, it would be a different movie almost if I were to critique it in, in a, you know, a myriad of different ways. Um, man. Yeah. This, this movie's great. I'm going to give this movie an 80%. Yes. Uh, I will just go ahead and say that's, that was going to be my score as well as 80%. So that leads right perfectly right into, into my review is 
you guys bridge the gap kind of be- between, I don't know. I, I was going to do 75, 80. If I was going to do out of 10, it'd be seven, seven and a half, eight. Um, at a time in my life, I was saying earlier, this would be like, yeah, one of my favorite comedies just cause I didn't, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know many movies and this was something that made me feel good and laugh, um, when I saw it and when someone older introduced it to me and I saw their reaction to it, even during parts that I didn't know what was going on, like Richard Grieco or Emilio, you know, Emilio Estevez, <laughs> it's just like, I don't really know why that's funny but everyone around me is laughing and i'll just go along with it a little bit and then watching it now it is still really funny and some of those things like i didn't know about maybe at the time are now even funnier funnier watching it uh again um and so yeah like i said this is hard to look at just as a movie because it's it's almost a part of me i've seen it so many times um and so there's that it's going to be an 80 percent, and I, I think it's uh hits all the funny funny buttons just right if I'm going to criticize, yeah, there's some like trappings of its time, you know, like that stuff that just doesn't hold up, whether it's, uh, yeah, even at the beginning, something that's like my, one of my bugaboos is like when they drop the frame rate and they think that looks, looks cool. And that was oh, just sure. at the beginning. And it was like, a done in a music video sort of way of like to show what it's like to be on like nightlife at the club or something, mm-hmm. but sure. it, it just bothers me. And it's such a thing of that time. Um, and like showing the location at what time it is and everything. It was, it was cool at like the beginning with the clubs, but you didn't need to know it was like the plant shop at 12 o'clock on a Sunday. It's like, I don't need to know what time it is, whatever at the plant store. It's like, it was just carrying on. It's like, okay, whatever. Um, and yeah, like the series of sketches and the structure of the plot or whatever. It's like, I don't expect it to be per like uh perfectly fluid and everything, but I think they did a good enough job to keep me interested and um you need some sort of story to hang your hat on and the fact that it was kind of like almost a love story between two brothers is just hilarious um and like how they had a jerry Maguire scene at the end between two brothers (laughs) and he runs away from a way he's like the runaway bride and he has a jerry Maguire thing it's just like it's uh it's it's funny and it's the club life is not something I was familiar with as a child or anything either. It's like, I didn't, it was so far removed. It's like when I watched Zoolander for the first time, it's like, I don't male models. This is such a weird thing to make a movie about or whatever, but these are funny people doing silly things that are almost, uh, act. Yeah. Like acting like children. And I had, uh, a great time watching it again. And it's, and it's funny times and it'll be like still just, uh, a quotable thing that I'll bring up in my own life quoting, and then also just, uh, throw it on every now and then to laugh at. I even, yeah, I watched superstar again somewhat recently just to feel that sort of way. Cause I know that I'm going to put on a Lauren Michaels joint and I might feel a certain way like Wayne's world or, or something like that. And I've been itching to watch MacGruber again. I think, uh, I just remember like really at certain parts, like, healing over and 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 hurting with laughter uh at, at some of the stuff um because will forte is is just fucking hilarious uh when he when you put him in in the right in the right thing you know um anyways Hopefully. yes we we did it um nikolai uh we are picking our next movie and you get to be here for it um Perfect. we already have i think a choice in the chat what is I'm gonna take a take a quick look see at the at the score here to confirm tabulating. 
tabulating rotten tomatoes tabulating um but when you come back nick uh i think we are, we already had a few on hold we got superstar we got grandma's boy i think either definitely one, grandma's boy i think it's got to be grandma's boy that's a huge yeah. disparity of 1585 so um yeah. whenever you want to join us again that super down for for that one you'll be our comedy expert <laughs> mm-hmm. i don't just, even have to rewatch it i've seen it so many times that's how i felt about this and i was like Amazing. this is just a the little like mind exercise or whatever see if i can quote every line um but yes our next movie will be the mighty ducks quack 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 um and guess who's in it amelia the mighty duck man baby it all connects it all connects um we're we're being smart about it and it's another 90s movie We've been going hard with the '90s movie. We did a we did a couple little breaks with Gloria Bell and Collateral Beauty, but we've just been on a real '90s '90s kick lately. I love it. It's been a lot of fun. Um, yeah. And this is one too, which is just interesting. Seeing like there's, I see there's 29 reviews for critics critics here, and it's just interesting how it's represented on Rotten Tomatoes. This this movie of like it just seems almost kind of unfair. I don't. We'll we'll talk about it. We'll talk about we'll it next talk week. About- um, in the meantime, Nick, thank you again so much. It was, yes, it was so much you, fun Nick. doing this. I hope it was uh, worthwhile uh, revisiting uh, this movie this and talking fantastic. about it with a couple dum-dums like us. <laughs> um, and uh, we, we can't, have, can't wait to have you back next time. Uh, is there anything Absolutely. else you'd like to uh, shout to the Polar Zone, to the Polarized Kingdom uh, yourself? uh no i'm just glad i got to come on here and let all the all your all your fanatics <laughs> uh polar bears so excited about They're the polar bears sorry thank you, polar thank bears you i'm so sorry i'm so excited that all the you polar bears are so want. excited to see me <laughs> yeah <laughs> man and people people are pumped about you being on this and is a big deal. I'm, yeah we're that pumped was to fantastic. have you on, uh i was glad to be on thanks guys it was a fucking blast hell yeah man of course man any yeah again anytime and uh i'll tell you where you can reach us polarized pod on twitter if you want to talk to us about anything at all um you can watch us on twitch when we do these live and direct uh yep. twitch.tv slash polarized pod um rate and review subscribe on apple itunes and mm-hmm. have yourself a lovely day slash evening we appreciate so much and we'll see you next time Bye bye Uh, Bye. Bye.